You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. I'd like to thank and acknowledge our listeners who download our radio show as a podcast. You've downloaded over 12,000 shows during the last 30 days. We here at the program appreciate your continued and growing support. All of our shows can be heard here on octalkradio.net or rebroadcast anytime from Apple iTunes, Stitcher.com, and other business-oriented podcasting services. All right, it gives me great pleasure to welcome to our studio here our second guest, Steve Smith, who is president and founder of Growth Source Coaching. Steve, welcome to the program. Thank you, Rick. Thanks for having me today. It's great. Let's talk about you before we talk about your firm and some other questions we have. So tell us a okay. little bit about your background, kind of your path to your current firm, Growth Source Coaching. Well, I had a wonderful, wonderful 25-year career in the consumer products industry and basically food products. Um, I started with General Mills. I worked for the Lysol brand company. Um, I worked for a small pharmaceutical company by the name of Carter Wallace. And my last tour of duty was with a burial products manufacturer, actually the largest one in the world based in Indiana, called Batesville Casket. Get out of town. Yeah, I know. It was the strangest business. I, yeah, wow. Yeah. Everybody's seen at least one white truck going up and down the, the highway with a little green tree on the back. But uh, that was a very, very interesting business, but one I'm, I'm glad I've moved on from. And you were in marketing roles? I was in. I was the director of sales for the sales. West Coast. So I had 1,600 funeral homes and mortuaries <laughs> within the uh, – seven states that you know we all kind of participated in so oh, sorry i don't not mean to laugh at your career oh no that is like <laughs> you, you have to in sales all my life i can't imagine what that sales call must be like well though. if you if you if you can sell an eighteen thousand dollar stainless steel <laughs> casket with a smile on your face then you know you've made it wow so yeah so it was it was a very interesting change up um but at the time that i left that um i had really kind of decided that all my life, I actually wanted to have my own business. I just didn't know when it was going to happen or right. what it was going to be. I share that. And so I can remember the day that I got into this, and I actually made a mistake on a website when I was filling out a profile. It was the ladders. It's a kind of a sure, marketing, sure. yeah. Right. yeah. The and place for the 100K jobs. There right? you go. Right. 100K and, and above. <clears throat> and I went, to, I went to hit submit to process the information, and I didn't go all the way down the page and check off all the ads saying, would you like to learn about this? Would you like to do that? And I missed one at the very bottom. And it ended up being a lady who was a consultant to help people figure out what kind of business they could start up. Mm. Six weeks later, she was the one that turned me on to business coaching. I'd never realized there was an industry for that because I was always in kind of a corporate environment. And right. You kind of knew what you were doing. You knew what the trade channels were you operated in. Nobody really thought about that much. And she was the one that opened my eyes to a completely new world in you know the wild world of small business and the fact that business coaching was a profession. And that's when I started. Are you, um, when you had your various jobs in consumer products, were you moving around for those jobs or were you able to be in one location? No, actually, from start to finish, we did seven moves. Um, I started in the Washington, D.C., Maryland area. Okay. And uh, from there, I went to North Carolina, uh, came back uh, into Maryland. Um, I was in Virginia for a while. I was up in New York. In fact, the company I was with when I was in New York was the one that shipped me to California. California was supposed to be a two-year job, and I was going back to the headquarters in New York. And a year and a half into it, the company got sold. 
So I'm thinking, okay, do I go back there or do we stay out here? Well, we loved it out here. Yeah, so of course. We've been out here for 21 years. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, you were always going to be an entrepreneur, but you were just looking for the right it was, I was thing, just waiting right? for the right time. Right yeah. time. Yeah. All I'm right. kind of a late bloomer when it comes to that, but wow. I think it was the right time for me. I was 49 when I left the corporate world and started my business here okay. at Critical Mass, so I'm not sure where you were, but it, I always knew from uh, or an early age that I wanted to own my own business, but I just yeah, never got around absolutely. to it kind of a thing. Absolutely. Know? Yeah. Life gives you those opportunities. So let's talk about growth source coaching. First, how did you come up with the name? <laughs> I actually had been playing around with names, you know, catchy things. I was looking at competitors, trying to figure out what everybody was going to. And then I was talking to my son, and he said, it's got to mean something. You know, it can't be just some trendy kind of thing that you use because people remember. It's got to have some meaning to it. And so I started to look at my background and how I work and what I've seen from the people I've helped excel in their own careers. Uh And what I realized was most of the growth that people enjoy over some span of their career comes from themselves. That's the source. It's in you. Mm. You may need somebody to help you direct it, pull it out, develop it. Okay. But it all comes from inside. So that's when we came up with the term growth source, you know, figuring out where the growth's coming from and where the source of it is, and you work from there out. So, so that's where the name came from. What is it that you do for your clients? I like to tell folks that what I help people do is to do things that they have never been able to do on their own. And when it comes to business, you know, you have people that get into a lot of different businesses. Some of them are wildly successful. Other ones kind of struggle for most of their lives. What I try to do is come in and help them gain an awareness of where they are, where they are on that path and what they're trying to get to so that they are willing to take ownership for the remedy, the solution that's going to get them the rest of the way. And who are typically your clients? Uh, My clients are almost exclusively either established business owners or partners in in the medical field and the legal field. You get a lot of that partnership stuff going on. Um, I actually, my second year in, realized I was attracting a lot of husband and wife ownerships, which has a kind of a unique perspective to it because for them, you go to business and you do your thing. And when you come home, you're looking at the same person. So a lot of their problems were basically how do we separate our business life and our personal life. Right. So business owners, um, I work with entrepreneurs, but I've learned over the years that if they haven't been starting and working on their business for at least 12 months, then everything we talk about tends to be somewhat academic. So I almost like to have them go out there and try it themselves, work for a little bit, kind of know what they can and can't do. So then the things that I help them learn how to do, they will take more seriously because they realize what what it was like when they were on their own. Right. Yeah, experience is very humbling and a great teacher. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what type of services specifically do you help, and how do you help them to make the growth source happen in their firm? What is it that you do for them? Okay. Um, When I meet a new client, what I typically start with is to figure out what they want out of their business, out of their personal life. What is it that they're trying to get to that they're they're challenged by or they just can't get there? Because I want to know if they have a vision. You know, I mean, you've heard the saying that if you don't have a clear idea of what's in, you know, in your head, you're probably not going to be able to achieve it in reality. Right. And a lot of people don't really have a good idea of where they're going. They're just on the wheel, and they're running as fast as they can. So I try to help them, guide them from a, a vision perspective. What does this business mean to you, and where are you taking it? And once we can get that on paper and they understand exactly what the target looks like, okay, then I can prescribe a certain course of action that may just be 
guidance and accountability. They know what they need to do. I, I can't tell you the number of times people say, well, I knew that. But they need somebody else to help them recognize it's important enough to take action on. I'm so, always surprised how many entrepreneurs and business owners know what they need to do and, and at the end can't seem to do it consistently enough to get the results that they want to get from the activity. The, um, there's a saying that you know, I didn't make this up. Somebody told me this early in my career. You have to understand the difference between activity and accomplishment. Mm-hmm. And when you're mired in a lot of daily minutia and you've got your arms around a lot of different things and everything has the same level of priority to it, I just had a client call today, and we got into the same subject. He said, I can never seem to get a project done with. Mm. I said, well, the problem is you're treating everything the same. So right. everything lasts forever. Right. And, and you know, that's half the battle is just getting them clear about what they should be spending their time on and focusing and putting the resources towards and what things they either need to outsource to someone else or just not do. Not do. That's and a lot the of times it's just for, not do. Right, for small companies. Yeah, just you wake up next day it. and the sun comes up and the business is open and you realize, you know what, I don't have to do that. Right. I'll wait until somebody calls me to. Right. Right. Until they yeah, need and that's it. okay. So, so when you came in and sat down, uh, knowing you and knowing your background, I thought I'd hear more that you were helping through consulting and coaching around the sales, business development, front end of the business. But it sounds like in your consulting engagements, you, you're doing that and you're doing vision planning and helping from a strategic perspective with the CEO, business owner, husband and wife to really map out more than revenue generation and top line revenue growth. I I started out almost exclusively dealing in the sales and marketing area because most everybody, that's their challenge. Right. And what I started to realize, especially with larger companies where you have maybe a multitude, multiple layers of management, employees and locations, there's a lot going on, that I could shovel marketing strategy at these guys all day long, and they couldn't get their arms around it because they were so engrossed in a lot of dysfunctional operation going on in the business. So I I started to realize if I can help them clear the deck and feel like they have the time and they can devote the the brain power to actually looking at a strategy and implementing a marketing plan and then either delegating it or getting involved themselves, there's a much greater likelihood it's going to work because they feel like they have the time to do it. It's not something they're going to learn and they're going to put it aside and three months later, oh, gee, what happened to that? But if the organization and the the people management and everything else is kind of wonky and they don't really have a good feel of how it works and everybody else is running around like chickens with no heads, it's very difficult for them to get outside of that and look at marketing, which is takes place outside the company. Right. It, it, having a long career in sales, it always would be a source of frustration for me when the solution to the problem was do something different with our sales and marketing when, from my perspective, we were the symptom of what was wrong, not the cause. And so you can always look at why aren't we selling more, but the reality is until we take a cross-functional look at the whole company, the results are the results. Yeah, you might get a little bit of a bounce if you fire me or right. whatever, but at the end of the day, you're going to revert back to the mean. Absolutely. This is what the company gets. So if you're going to fix that, you've got to start inside and saying what's preventing us from being a better, more successful supplier in the marketplace. Absolutely. And the other concept that I developed almost probably a year after I got going with this was if you're going to look at your, your growth sources, where should you be looking first? Many times the answer is right in front of them but they don't see it for what it is. They don't recognize it as something they should be spending time on. Mm -hmm. So I typically devote time to three areas. What's going on in the marketplace that you can take advantage of? What's happening within your own organization that needs to be tuned up or gotten rid of or done so you run more efficiently? And then what's in your head? 
What are you thinking about? What are you doing? Are you actually leading from the front, or are you just trailing from the back? And if you can figure out where those problems are, and sometimes they're in all three, but usually they're in one or two of the three, and you can focus on that, you can fast-track their you know, their, their rate of improvement much better because now they understand, they feel connected to the solution. It's nice to be able to be focused in your consulting around and coaching around uh, revenue, too, because there's a pretty easy metric if you're making a difference, right? If, mm-hmm. if, if you get some additional revenue, people start to see the growth. They get happy with your services, I imagine, right? That's that's nice. And the other thing I've realized, and I have one client up north that is in this. He's got a fairly substantial size business now. His problem is not more revenue. His problem is keeping more of what he makes. So between the way he operates the company, by the time it gets to the bottom line, there's nothing left. So for him, it wasn't, I don't need to drive the top end. I just need to figure out how to make this profitable. Yeah. So Yeah. Oh, that comes with its own set of challenges, doesn't it, Steve? I'm talking with Steve Smith. He is president and founder of his firm, Growth Source Coaching. We're going to take our third and final commercial break here on Critical Mass Radio Show. And when we come back, uh, we're going to continue the conversation. I'm going to ask him... What is a growth assessment? And that's what we're going to talk about after the break. But first, these words from our commercial sponsors. There's something uniquely positive about the word up. When things are good, things are looking up. When you want to go fast, you speed up. And when you're really cheering, you stand up. So when you want to move up, what do you do? Well, when it comes to getting your bachelor's degree or master's degree, there's one university that stacks up better than virtually everyone else, and that university is Brandman. Brandman University is ranked by U.S. News & World Report as one of the nation's top ten universities for online bachelor's programs, and it ranked best in the state of California. Brandman also received top honors from U.S. News & World Report for our online graduate programs in business and education. Plus, our programs are available on ground at more than 25 convenient campuses. So to wrap things up, we recommend you look us up at brandman.edu. That's brandman.edu. And find out how to move up like never before. Brandman University. Move up. Smart Business Network is a business-to-business multimedia company providing insight, advice, and strategy for C-level executives of fast growth, middle market, and large companies. As one of the nation's largest publishers of local management journals, under the Smart Business name, Smart Business Network publishes 19 regional print editions, presents dozens of large and small-scale business conferences and award programs, and produces a vibrant interactive digital media presence. For more information, visit us at www.sbnonline.com. This is the sound of a flat-screen television hurled off a building. Now the new bike your kid wants. These are the things you could have all cast into oblivion. Because when you throw away money on wasted electricity, you throw away everything you could have bought with it. Use Energy Star light bulbs and appliances, and you could save hundreds of dollars a year. Saving energy saves you money. Learn more at energysavers.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Ad Council. Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. Our audience demographic is 98% business owners and CEOs who listen to learn from our guests. If you're interested in reaching these top decision makers, then advertising on the radio show may be the answer. Each month, our sponsors gain valuable exposure through their support of our show. We delivered over 20,000 highly targeted sponsor impressions in the month of January. To learn more, contact our advertising department at 949 887 
4104. All of our shows can be found on our website, which is criticalmass4business.com. Steve Smith is our second guest here on the program today. He's president and founder of his firm, Growth Source Coaching. Before the break, Steve, I was going to ask you if you could explain what the business growth assessment is and then kind of how you use that with your clients. Okay. Uh, One of the things that I am a firm believer in is when you enter into a coaching or even a consulting relationship with a client, you shouldn't be charging them to learn what they do. And I know in a lot of the industry that kind of goes on, but I try to fast track that learning up front so we can get right to things that will help them. Hmm. So what I start every every arrangement, every relationship with is this business growth assessment. It is a 97-question diagnostic survey, and it goes through management and how they market and what kind of sales process they have and how they run the business and how they manage the business and and even their mindset it gets into the things they think about and are they risk takers and how they view money and it's all designed for me to get as much data as i can so when i start interacting with them i have some basic idea of where they are now and the things that are creating gaps and hurdles and challenges for them how did you come across that idea i think that's a great idea what a wonderful way to start i mean it sounds very powerful it is uh because when most people see it the the most common response i get after people fill that out is it brought up things i had never thought about before wow and sometimes i get a lot of na's meaning i'm not doing this at all right and so they start thinking about gee that's part of something i should be doing i've heard about it but i don't do it so it does create a lot of awareness for them, which is important because that's the process of helping them gain an understanding of what they really ought to be doing to have the business they want. And so I take that and I create a summary and I give it back to them, not as this is what you need to do, but here are the areas that I've determined are holding you back. Mm -hmm. And here are the things that you would need to do in order to get over that. And then we have a 90-minute strategy session on the phone before we even start coaching. And it's the whole idea is to get their buy-in, to get them to ask questions, to understand it, to delve deeper into things that are probably pivotal. And then once they buy into it, the strategy for their progression in the six months, 12 months, however long I'm going to work with them, is based on that roadmap. Hmm. So a roadmap's created, and it gives them a sense of, okay, I know where I'm going. I may not know how to do all this, but at least I know what's going to happen after it's over. I know what I'll be able to do, what I'll be exposed to. I'll kind of know where I'm going. Well, um, that must be a point of differentiation for you, I would think, when people engage with you. I, I... I think it is, and I I know that there's larger companies that do that. Um, I think the Tony Robbins organization has something similar. Uh, okay. They call Blueprint for Success or something like that. I don't know how many smaller boutique-style coaching companies do that. Right. So I try to use that as something that people can really get a sense of, okay, here's where we're going. Right. To have to answer that many questions, 97 questions out of the gate, that means you have a lot of things that you can help them with, or at least you've thought about a lot of things that you could help them with. So a lot that, of, that's wonderful. <clears throat> and you don't waste time. You yes. don't waste time in areas where you go, okay, we've well, right. got that dialed in. Right. Don't want to waste time here. on things they already do well. Right. All right. So I love to ask our guests when it's appropriate about your guiding principle and it guiding principle for me is of all the things that you've learned in your professional career you know you must have settled on a few things that you believe um to in your dna it's how you run your firm you're leading it and you're growing it so if you could share just kind of a preview of what your guiding principle is for how you're leading a growing growth source coaching i would appreciate it yeah um a few of the things that i like to live by i strive to live by is is one Make every encounter that you get involved in better for the fact that you were there. 
You know, leave everybody feeling like, you know, wow, I'm glad I got to know that person. I'm glad I had an opportunity to work with them. Don't leave people wanting, you know. And and if you can do that, I think you boost your own credibility and your own brand, and especially if you are the business. So that's one thing I, I work on. The other thing I work on is make sure that some days are good, some days are bad, but there's always good that comes out of bad. And mm-hmm. if you can maintain a very positive in a very kind of a take-charge attitude, that helps tremendously because we all have things that we could sit back and grouse about or, you know, sit around and say, gee, I don't know if I want to keep doing this because things aren't working right. But you only really learn when you stumble. And so if you look at failure and and missteps as just really good learning principles that will help you course correct, Mm -hmm. and you can keep that in the forefront of your mind, you'll reach the goals you want. It may take some time to get there, but... And then have fun. Enjoy the journey. Um, one of the things that my wife and I do is we ride motorcycles. And so for me, it's not where I'm going to get. It's the ride. And so that's she the way has I look her at own business. motorcycle? No, she's a co-pilot. Okay. She's on the back. Well, that's cool. Um, that's she likes it. She doesn't really want to be holding onto the handlebars. I don't blame her. Yeah. yeah. But it's a it's lot a, more fun in the back. You have to look around. Yeah. And but she has to look at my helmet. You know, it's, right. But not to the side. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, when did you start your firm? What year? I started in August of 2008. That's when I formally Bless you, brother. opened up. Yeah, I started in September of 2007. And so you and I know those first few years, the economy wasn't exactly on fire, was no, it? Nobody told me what I was stepping into. You know, I'm thinking, gee, there's all these businesses out here. And, you know, like everybody else, I mean, the, the, you know, the sky fell for a short yeah. period of time. But Yeah, we're geniuses, aren't we? Yeah. We, we wait our whole career to start a business, and then we launch it in the teeth of the greatest recession we're ever going to see. Yes, I know. Timing being... Uh, <laughs> I know. But we're still here. Well, but you know what? If, if if you could read the future and somebody had told me this was going to happen, I never would have done this. Right. And that would have been the right. real unfortunate right. mistake. I agree. So sometimes being a little blind isn't a bad thing. Well, and I think fighting through, I mean, believe me, I wish things would have been easier in the early years, you know, like you. But uh, fighting through some of those, the lessons that I learned there, I hopefully will never forget. I think of my parents who grew up in the Depression. Mm-hmm. There were things that they never forgot. Right. And I think this Great Recession will have left an imprint, not just on baby boomers, but on the younger generations, too, that things always always aren't as easy as they might be during the good times. And so, you know, right. save for a rainy day and all those kind of sayings that maybe got lost a little bit. Absolutely. Uh, and come back to people and remind us that, that they're good sayings. Absolutely. All right. We've got a few more minutes left here. I know you have a blog, mm-hmm. and it's called Business Coaching That Works. Yes. Can, can you tell us a little bit about it, and who's your target audience for that? Um, my target audience are business owners. Um, they, you know, Strangely enough, uh, because I have a fair amount of clients past and present in overseas markets, I get a lot of hits from the U.K., from Denmark, from Australia that come to this blog. And the reason I set it up was not just to impart my opinion or information. What I really wanted to do was set up and frame a topic that would create the reader, cause them to, to get some insights out of it, cause them to really think about how what it meant to them, to their business, what they ought to be doing with it. Because ultimately what I want them to do is read it and then go out and do something with it. That's the essence of coaching. Do right. something with what right. you just learned. So if I can create that same aura in a blog, uh-huh and get people to read it and say, wow, I can do that, and go out and actually do something with it, then that's what it's up there for. So how frequently do you blog? I blog once a week. Okay. 
And I write longer articles, which I publish on other websites. Uh, BizNick is one uh-huh. uh, that you know I'll publish, or Small Business Community. Um, so I write the long articles, and I put them on my website and on these other sites. And then the blogs are usually the shorter things. Uh, one of the things I've just recently started, which I never thought about before, was guest blogs. Now I have people asking me, can I put a blog on your site? And as long as it kind of fits in the, the mm. theme, sure, why not? And uh, do you find those to be any more popular? Absolutely. The first one that this lady wrote, um, I I put it on there, and then I took the link and put it on LinkedIn. I got more comments about that than I got my own stuff. So I thought, I should be doing more of this. Hey, yeah. You know? Yeah. Go out and find thoughtful people who will write to your blog. Absolutely. And as long as it fits that, you know, help the business owner figure out how to do a better job. Then I'll I'll accept it. You know, if Great. it's something on how to sell skin cream, no, it's not it's not the right format. Okay. Uh, final question. We have about two minutes left here mm-hmm. on the show. Tell me about what the future holds. You know, talk about the growth opportunities for you. Uh, we we talked that the economy is healing. Businesses, people are spending money. People are now focused on growing again, not yes. just maintaining and you know stopping the bleeding. So, what what does the future hold for you and your firm, Steve? Well. <clears throat> spent a lot of time thinking about that and i initially wanted to build this big massive organization have a dozen coaches working for me and i've started really? to realize that you know what i what i really want to do is be able to practice this as long as i can okay so as long as my head is clear uh-huh. and i can offer value to somebody else if i can keep that right in my sweet spot in terms of capacity that's the best place for me to be which also happens to be one of the challenges because I run in spurts, you know, I keep clients and then one month I get five <laughs> right. and then three months later I'm still working with the same group and a couple have finished so they're out. Right. Uh, so you have to market every single day because you don't have people saying, gee, I'm going to buy it now and three months later I'll come back and buy it again. They come in for a duration, they get what they want, they fly right. on their own. Maybe you'll see them in a couple of years, but chances are not. And so you always have to find clients. And so trying to keep it between 20 and 24 clients, which is kind of my optimal capacity level, uh, if I start getting much ahead of that, then I've got to look for help because then I'm not doing the client any justice. But if I can keep it at that level and and be a a specialized type of firm and work with clients that I really enjoy, manufacturers are great Hmm. because there's a lot of moving parts, a lot of things that they can deal with. Right. Professional services, lawyers, dentists, you know, people like that, they understand that they spend all their time developing their license and their certification for what they practice. They spend almost no time learning how to run the business. And that's why they're, they're usually interested in learning how to tune things up so that they can do what they love. So if I can kind of keep my sweet spot there and work with the kind of businesses that I want, I could do this till I'm 65, 68, doesn't matter. It's great, isn't it, to reframe retirement when you do what you love? Isn't it? <laughs> I love that reframe. I have to remember right. that because yeah, because I I was living for the day that I could retire from the corporate gig so that I could do something else. And now in this role, I never want to retire. Right, I'd rather do this at some level forever because I find it so rewarding and fun. Absolutely, and that's I think that's the beauty of running a small business where you really know what you do well and you know who likes it. And if you can keep it under control and you can keep it sustainable and it provides you with everything you like in your off hours, you can't really do any better than no, that. No, you can't. No, you're blessed. You know? Oh, that's that's wonderful. Okay, Steve, someone wants to learn more about Steve Smith or Growth Source Coaching. How do they find you online? Well, you can visit my website, which is growthsourcecoaching.com. 
Um, if you've gone through that, I provide a lot of articles, a lot of videos, things like that that you can learn about who I am and who I've helped. Um, the phone number is on every page of the website, and they can call 949-951-9163. That's my direct office line. And I chat with everybody complimentary because I really want to find out what they need and can I help them. Right. I can't help everybody, but uh, if I can help them, that's a good way to start. Well, I thank you for being a guest on the show, a friend of the program, and welcome to the business community you, that we have here. Very nice to be here. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Steve Smith, Growth Source Coaching. All right, I'd like to... Uh, Say, I hope that all of the t- topics that we had both today here with uh, with him and with uh, Tori earlier can be used by you to help you make better and more informed decisions. The show was brought to you by Brandman University, Commercial Bank of California, Decision Toolbox, Smart Business Magazine, Succession Strategies, and The Center Club. I'd like to thank our engineer for today's show, Paul Roberts. Our producer is Crystal Nunley. Our guest coordinator is Kathleen Shepard. Our social media media manager is Asia Celestino, and I'm your host, Rick Franzi. If you'd like to learn more about Critical Mass for Business or want to refer a future guest or advertise, please visit our website, criticalmassforbusiness.com. Until the next show, I hope all of your decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host... Richard Franzi, 